Greetings, Internet listeners. This is Mr. Announcer with The Complacence Podcast. The Complacence originally aired from September 1995 to June 1996, live on WNUR-FM, Evanston, Illinois. Here comes Episode 5 of The Complacence. The band meets their arch-nemeses in the form of the evil Taekwon Don't, and competes for the chance to appear on a Fox television sitcom that you've forgotten about. You'll hear original songs performed by both bands. Also, the members of the Major League Super Crime Busters have lost a battle they don't even remember fighting. The next voice you hear is coming to you from November 4th, 1995. Let's find out what the average man on the street thought of last week's episode of The Complacence. Excuse me, sir. Colin Powell is my man, and you can quote me on that. No, I'm not asking about the presidential race. Uh, I was asking... I don't believe the Republicans when they say they can balance the budget in six years. Uh, that may be true, but... We need to do something about all these railroad crossings. It's a crying shame. Okay, but what I really wanted to... Well, forget it. Thanks for talking with us. My pleasure. Let's see if we can find someone else. Excuse me, sir. Did you listen to last week's episode of The Complacence? The last episode of The Complacence? I love that show. I haven't missed an episode yet. What did you think of last week's episode? I hated it. Really? What was wrong with it? There wasn't one. Okay, then what did you think of the episode two weeks ago? It was the best one ever. There was this great fight scene when Gunner and Johnny Angelo came to blows over Johnny's new bossy girlfriend, who was trying to take over the band. So they ended up in the hospital, both of them in the same room, and Michelle, she was Johnny's new bossy girlfriend, and she gets jumped when Johnny decides he likes the nurse who's giving him a sponge bath better. Meanwhile, Gunner is getting kidney transplant from this little kid who wants the complacents to play in the children's ward. Everyone makes up, and the complacents play for the kids. I loved it. Was there anything you didn't like about the show two weeks ago? Uh, we didn't get to find out if the kids liked the song or not. And Adrian Kremsikov was still uh, wandering around somewhere else in the hospital, thinking the band uh, he manages was about to break up. You're in luck. Both of those questions will be resolved at the beginning of this week's episode. Anything else you didn't like? I wanted more of Fig. Uh, he's the glue that holds the show together. Uh, I'll pass that comment along to the writers. Anything you want to hear on future episodes? More people getting intimate on top of things. Anything you don't want to hear on future episodes? Inside jokes. You know, you're starting to look really familiar. Is it at the time? Oh, I've got to go. Bye. Well, thanks for talking with us. That's what the average man on the street thought of last week's episode of The Complacence. <laughs> great day this is for everyone that's right everyone got what they wanted johnny you got a less bossy girlfriend connor you got to perform music your way fig you finally got to read that book yeah but it turned out to be the yellow pages and i've already read those but what about you fred what did you get i got what i always wanted to be in a rock band well you better do a better job we all played instruments i was playing an instrument i was playing this whistle right here just listen i don't hear anything are you sure that whistle's working? Jumpin' G! No GTE! Will you stop blowing that whistle? 
I was wondering where you guys were. What's been going on? We were just playing for all these kids, and I think we did great. Does that mean you patched up all your differences? We sure have. Playing for these kids who are so much worse off than we are has put things into a new perspective. If we can just... One long-winded speech by Gunner later... And that's why we're together again. How about these kids? What do they think of you? Maybe we should aim your album at the children's market. I'm booing. Aren't you a little tall to be in the children's war? I'm visiting my little brother. He just had a kidney taken out. So, what did you like about the song? Let me get my notebook out. Number one, it sounded like it was recorded in someone's bedroom. How's it supposed to sound any better? It's not like they built this place to have great acoustics. Number two, I have no idea what that guy is playing, but it sounded awful. It's an auto harp. See, you just push down the button for whatever chord you want, and then you strum it. That's not music. You've got to work for every chord you get for it to be music. I was working for every chord. Yeah, but it sounded like you only knew about one and a half of them. Why, you... And number... What are we up to, nine? Your lead singer sounds like a hick. In the first place, we were only up to eight. And in the second place, you asked for it. Johnny, no! The last thing we need is to have a fight in a public place like this. If anything leaks to the press, it could ruin the complacence. Oh, yeah? And your manager sure isn't managing you too well if all the gigs you can find to play are in the children's hospital wards. You'll be saying that on the other side of your face! Johnny, help me hold him back. He's a scrappy kind of guy, isn't he? If you were any good, you'd be playing at the Battle of the Bands tonight. We are playing at the Battle of the Bands tonight. Well, then, I can't wait to see the complaints there. Come on, Kevin, let's go. I have to stop by the dialysis room first. Did you hear what he said? That's a challenge. I didn't know we were playing at a battle of the bands tonight. Uh, well, we're not. Yet. I hope there's still space open. Hey, our name's not the complaints, is it? No, it's still the complacence. And that's what I'll say at top of the battle of the bands marquee, over there at Central High. Municipal arena, I thought. I think it's at City Stadium every year. So we'll be playing in front of 65,000 fans. And that guy? Actually, the capacity is 66,835. Uh, not counting the luxury boxes. I wonder if they sell those for the Battle of the Bands. Maybe my friend at Metropolitan National Bank can get me into one. But we're going to be up on stage playing. Well, then I'll get a really good view of us out at the from the box. What are we doing standing around here talking? We need to get back and start practicing for tonight. It's only a few hours away. Everyone has to leave in a wheelchair. It's hospital rules. Doesn't that make it hard for you to get home at night? I'd be faster if you left in a car. You coming, Fred? Oh, I think I drank too much Capri Sun. Last week on the curtain, the evil brotherhood of beans and latter-day anti-heroes, working in conjunction with the sinister cowboys, both led by the conniving wretched Dr. Nightmare, severely trounced the national roster of the Major League Super Crybusters. It's not true. That's not me. That's Bizarro Announcer Man. His announcements can't be trusted. There was no show last week. Quiet, you, or it's back to QVC. Gulp. As I was saying, the Major League Super Crime Busters had been walloped severely by the dark forces of Dr. Nightmare. 
Desiring to see the heroes suffer the ultimate humiliation, Dr. Nightmare had them all locked in a dang basement and broke into their rooms and went through all of their stuff. We now join our hero as he awakens from having had the tar beaten out of him. Oh, my head. Curtis, where are we? It would seem as though the Brotherhood has locked us in our own basement. But I don't remember fighting the Brotherhood. Our own... Oh, our own basement, Curtin? I don't think so. As far as Mr. Shammy is concerned, you don't deserve to use the second person plural possessive pronoun to refer to this filthy place. That's fine with me, Shammy. I never cared much for you, you spandex-wearing steroid-shooting stereotypes. Will you two stop arguing? We need to think of a way out of here. Mr. Shammy, who else is down here? Well, our ranks are pretty sparse since that battle, but... Lady Victory, Benevolent Boy, and Announcer Man are here, and Furry Kitten just ran behind the furnace. Here, kitty, 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 kitty. Meow. Battle? What battle? The battle during which the bad guys beat us up and put us down here. I don't remember a battle ever happening. That's because it never happened, Curtis. Well, if it didn't happen, then how'd we get down here? The, the battle must have happened. Make a poopier get off the party. Curtain, of course it happened. Do you remember it, Mr. Shammy? Uh, well, that is not quite exactly. Something funny is going on here, and we need to find out what. Meow. Come here, kitty. All for crying out loud, benevolent girl. Boy, stop chasing that damn furry kitten around. But I want to play with him. Well, you can't. He's hiding behind the furnace, so stop saying... Here, kitty, kitty. Hey, girls. Come on over and shoot the breeze with us. Our so-called curtain here says he's on the brink of cooking up a plan. And bring announcer man. Where is announcer man? He's hiding behind the furnace, too. I'm glad I don't remember that battle we just had, because I sure am scared of my bizarro arch nemesis, bizarro announcer man. Meow. Meow, meow. Meow, meow. So what's your plan, Curtin? Yeah, Curtin, uh, you better come up with something and make it good. Oh, I've come up with a plan, all right, and believe you me, we will be out of here in no time at all. Meanwhile, 20 stories of love, Dr. Nightmare and his support staff, having just won the $10 million lottery, sit in the main lounge and smoke stogies as they laugh at Dr. Patriot, who they have stapled to the wall. Well, Dr. Patriot, what do you think of this? turn of events. You evil bastard! You sicken me! You're so dastardly! Oh, I'm mad! <laughs> Gentlemen, he is completely at our mercy. What do you suggest we do? I think we should throw things at him! Yeah, like these pillows. Please, no! Haven't I suffered enough? Of course not, you flag-waving goody-two-shoes. You're going to suffer much more than this. I, as Blaze Big Man, using much energy to animate my every moment, am hungry. I desire to eat food, and very soon. Bizarro Monkey Boy agree. Me hungry, too. Me would like to order pizza. Bah! We have no need to order pizza when we have Bizarro Announcer Man. Bizarro Announcer Man, do your stuff. Seconds later, a truckload of world's finest pizza arrives for the villains. Bizarro Monkey Boy love pizza, especially world's finest. You bastards! So that's what you defeated us in battle against, even though all the odds were only six to one. 
You used Benazaro announcer man to change the... Captain Killo, I think it's time that we gave the good Dr. Patriot some of our pizza. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would. Hey, Dr. Patriot, have some pizza. What the... What are you... You, you can't... No! Oh. That ought to shut him up for a while. Until he swallows, anyway. Silence, Dark Bucky. Bizarro announcer man, get us some women in here. Moments later, a bunch of waitresses from Hooters arrive with six packs of Keystone. All right! Meanwhile, in the basement, our heroes begin to starve to death, having not come up with an escape plan. I'm really hungry. Me too. Now, what was I saying a second ago? You weren't saying anything. We all tried to think of plans, and none of us could. Boy, I'm starving. I swear I walked over here for some express purpose. Perhaps it was to be hungry. No, no, this is all strange. I swear I was thinking of a plan before. Curtis, it's like before, when we couldn't remember how the evil brotherhood of fiends and latter-day anti-heroes defeated us in battle. Only, now we can't remember how we got so hungry. Wait, I'd begun to starve to death in battles before. I think I'm starting to recognize a trademark. By God, Curtin, you're right. This is the handiwork of Bizarro Announcer Man. Well, I was going to say Richard Simmons, but this makes more sense. So how are we going to get out of here? It'll be simple. We've got our own announcer man down here, don't we? He's hiding behind the furnace. Why is he hiding behind the furnace? I don't know. I think he's talking to Furry Kitten. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, 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 meow. Say, announcer man, why are you hiding here behind the furnace? You're not scared of the big, bad, dark old basement, are you? No, I'm afraid of Bizarro Announcer Man. You see, he is the dark half of my personality personified. He embodies everything I feel disgust for in myself. He abuses his announcer powers, and I dread a confrontation. Why do you dread confronting him? Couldn't you defeat him? No, I never could defeat him, because it is my policy to only announce things that actually happen. He just makes stuff up. Why can't you just make stuff up? Because that would be lying, and I refuse to lie. But if you don't, then we'll starve to death in this basement. Well, when that happens, I'll announce that. But you'll be dead. Then someone else will have to announce it. Curtis, he's not going to change his mind. Well, then we're going to have to think of something else. Lady Victory, how much how much can you bench press? Oh, about one ton under normal circumstances. Four tons underwater. Meow? What's that, furry kitten? Oh, I mean, meow, 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 meow. Meow? Meow, meow, meow. Meow? So then, after Mr. Shemmy soaks all the water up off the floor and forces it into these cracks in the wall, Lady Victory can force the wall apart with a mighty blow, and then Benevolent Girl can... I, Benevolent Boy... Uh, oh, I don't know. Do something. Benevolent, benevolent Boy. What do you and I do, Curtis? Well, you can stand around looking beautiful, and I'll... And I'll... Seconds later, the curtain's plan has been executed, and the heroes have safe passage out of the basement. Announcer man, you came through for us. Well, furry kitten opened my eyes to the bigger picture and also told me that all of this was probably going to happen anyway. But we have to get moving because it'll only be a couple of seconds before bizarro announcer man's announcer sense goes off. And then we're really in for it. Where are those evil doers right now, announcer man? Well, I don't know, so I'll have to put them somewhere. 
Meanwhile, Dr. Nightmare and his cohorts are lying down in the breakfast nook with their shoelaces tied together. That's brilliant, announcer man. I'm not done yet. Seconds later, the Major League Super Crime Busters arrive in the breakfast nook, ready to do battle. Curses! What has happened? How did we all come to be stuck, lying down in this one little booth? Get out of me, bizarro monkey boy! You're uncrashing! You're very diamond ape! Bizarro monkey boy confused. Me know not what go on here. It's the end of the line, villains! Are you thirsty, Dr. Bucky? Here, have some dirty basement water! <laughs> and so, one by one, the members of the Evil Brotherhood are defeated. Hooray! And then all of the villains get up and fight some more. Aww. Suddenly, all of the villains have shackles around their arms and legs. Hey, Bizarro Mookie Boy, no can move. What gives? All of a sudden, the heroes all have to go to the bathroom really bad. Oh, no. I've ruined my curtain. Die, my chamois. Fire back, announcer man. And then Dr. Patriot comes rushing in, attacking Dr. Nightmare and knocking him to the ground. Uh, take that, Dr. Nightmare. Ah, oh, you pay for that. Someone, Dr. Nightmare, has pummeled Dr. Patriot into semi-consciousness. His next ball may be fatal. I didn't even know I was a fighter. Announcer man, you've got to do something. Suddenly, Dr. Nightmare and Dr. Patriot go spiraling back through time. Spiraling back through time? Uh, it was all I could think of. Quick! Bizarro announcer man's about to say something else! Suddenly, Bizarro announcer man gets laryngitis from announcing too harshly and can no longer talk. Curses. Hey, good one, announcer man. Hey, I didn't announce that. I announced it, the real announcer of the show. As you two were fighting, I untied myself and decided to help out before things got any worse. Uh-oh, here come all the villains. And so the villains are soundly defeated by the Major League Super Crime Busters and then are immediately tried and convicted and sentenced to consecutive life sentences in a maximum security prison where Bizarro Monkey Boy does not get deodorant. Well, that takes care of the villains. But what about me? And so, the curtain and his sidekick Minnie Blinds are held in a higher respect by the members of the Major League Super Crime Busters. But will they let him join? Also, what will happen to Dr. Nightmare and Dr. Patriot now that they're trapped in the past? For the answers to these exciting questions and more, tune in to the curtain next week when you will hear furry kittens say... City High School Gymnasium, a battle of musical acts to rival the gladiatorial combats of days of Roman York. For one night only, it's the annual Battle of the Vans. This year's first prize, an appearance on the Fox Network to announce the new title for Two Something and a recurring role on the show. Last prize is an appearance on CBS. Just kidding, folks. All right, you guys, this is the place. Start unloading our stuff off the bus. Hey, hurry the hell up. Uh, excuse me, driver eight? I said hurry up. You're going to throw me off my schedule for the whole night. Oh, get off it. We gave you exact change. I believe that is all that is required of us if we wish to drink, sleep, or urinate as we please on this here bus. So you can just rest your little footsies while we unload our gear. Um, excuse me, Mr. Creamsicle. Not now, Johnny. I'm berating this bus driver. But, Mr. Creamsicle, we've unloaded the gear. Very well. Uh, say there, mister. Do you think I could get a transfer? I'll give you a transfer to the moon. Why, you... Oh, forget it. Come on, let's get this stuff inside. 
Inside the gym, a small crowd stands impatiently about, filling the arena to about one-tenth its capacity. On stage, a pair of hands waits at the ends of a pair of arms attached to a stagehand who contemplates his position at the center of sanctity. He is a fat metalhead boy wearing sweat socks because his sweaty feet were sweating too much for his boots. He sways gently back and forth to the beat of every heavy metal song simultaneously running through his head at once. He has the kind of fat lips that make him look kind of like a serial killer, but he has the kind of eyes placed too closely together that make him look too stupid to get away with killing someone more than once. Standing among the crowd are the kind of people you would expect to find in attendance at this sort of event, and as a matter of fact, they are. Misguided, forlorn, illusioned as to the extent of their disillusionment, they aren't sure how to deal with their word, aren't firm enough to make any commitment, so instead of putting a hole through the middle of their heads, they make several around the circumference. Instead of threading these holes with bullets, they opt for the more temporary rings, chained paperclips, and bones. Many have come tonight to seek the opiate of music, the one drug that relives their pain while reminding them of it. A few have come as apothecaries and medicine men, tapping their own veins to create the snake oil that comes not in the form of pills, but in three-chord structures. Now among these weavers of melodic dreams enter the complacence. A gymnasium? We're playing in a high school gymnasium? I thought you said we were playing in the Civic Center. Hey, I was level with you the whole time, Johnny. I never lie to you, baby. The Civic Center must have burned down. Oh, great. How fitting. What's wrong, Gunner? It just had to be in a gymnasium. The scene where I had to endure day after day of constant humiliation, forced to play sports I wasn't interested in, forced to play positions I had no ability to play, forced to undress and shower under the washful eye of a CBA reject. Oh, I know what you mean. I hated gym class too, but I never played any sports I didn't want to. What? How did you escape the fascism of those fascists? Well, I just climb up to the top of the rope and stay there until the end of class. But Fig, why didn't they make you come down the rope? How could they? Well, they could light a fire at the bottom of the rope. Johnny, come on. What's that going to do if they light a fire at the bottom of the rope? I was at the top of the rope. Fire doesn't reach that far. It would spread up the... Oh, never mind. No time to split fingers now. we got to get a move on. Uh, Johnny, go, to, go set up our gear. Gonna tune all the instruments. I'm off and at him. Hey, why don't I get to tune the instruments? I've got perfect pitch. I need you to move the heavy stuff. Gunner's got those string bean arms. Yeah, and when he flexes his bicep, his tattoo of a cannabis leaf turns into the Canadian flag. Yeah, so just go do it. Oh, all right. Ah, Fig. Yeah? Uh, hey, uh, I got something for you to do. Uh, for you, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, uh, what I need you to do is go see if we can still register for the contest. If it's too late to register for the contest, then uh, just get us registered anyway. But it is too late to register. It is? How do you know? Because you can't register if you're already registered, and you already registered us. Uh, Fig, there's something i got to tell you. Yes, Adrian? Adrian is about to tell Fig the truth, when suddenly, after a quick scan of Fig's simple countenance, Adrian Creamsicle, talent agent ordinaire, sees in Fig's eyes only complete, utter, naive trust. He realizes that to tell the world about to tell the truth about his lie would shatter this simple, fun-loving boy's faith in him. And faith is about all you've got going for you, and you're about as dumb as Fig. Adrian Creamsicle reconsiders his course of action. Uh, these battle the band things, uh, they tend to be really sloppy with their paperwork. Oh, okay. Well, I'll see what I can do and make sure we're on that list. Good. Off you go, my lad. Boy, it should sure pay to have toadies around to cover your ass when you stick it out too far. Speaking of which, I think I'll sit down here on this painted yellow line on the floor. Hmm, this reminds me of roll call. <laughs> Woo! What does Gunna keep in this amp, anyway? 
feels like a doggone bowling ball. And why does he insist upon stacking these things on top of one another? This is more trouble than it's worth. Hey, you there. Who, me? Yeah, you in the leather jacket. You want to help me lift this thing? What are you bothering me for? Can't you see I'm busy with my own confabulations? Well, to just take a second, I could really use the help. I told you I'm busy. Now scram. Golly, he sure is in a tip. Hey, what are you so busy with anyway? I'm practicing. Practicing? Looks like you're just standing there to me. Don't you know nothing? I'm practicing my look. Your look? Yeah, for when I'm performing on stage. I gotta look icy, cold, like I'm ready to kill. Icy cold people don't look ready to kill. They look ready to thaw. Well, when you've been icy as long as I've been, you never thaw out. Then why do you need to practice? Yeah, real funny, Toady. Now, at least I'm playing in the show tonight. What's your excuse for existing? To put a little love in every woman's heart with a song. Oh, real nice and poetic-like. Is that how you are? Not so much a poet as a singer. I'm performing tonight, too. Oh, yeah, eh? Eh, hey, what's your act? I'm a member of the Complacence. Oh, the Complacence, eh? I've heard of you. You have? But what? What but indeed, but that answer will have to wait for another day for Gunners tuning up the instruments and that's about to get slightly more interesting. A minor, a minor. Stretch the strings, make the notes. Hey, pulling these strings makes my little muscle jump. Canada, cannabis. Canada, cannabis. Canada, cannabis. Can it! Huh? I said cut that out! No, I distinctly heard you say... I said can it! That's more like it. I'm trying to tune to my Moog, and all I can hear is you chanting your big dumb Dr. Seuss iambic pentameter gobbledygook. Oh, please forgive. I got carried away and didn't realize I was being so loud. Yeah, well, just try shutting up sometime, and maybe we'll all get along just fine. You're kind of letting the pressures of competition get to you, I think. You think? You think? If you'd been thinking, you'd never have bothered showing up here with your little complacent friends. Oh, so you've heard of us, huh? Well, I'm sorry, but I believe I have absolutely no reason to know you. I'm Ridley, and after my band, Taekwondo Don't, stomps all over your band's face, you'll wish you never did have a reason to know us. Sounds like things are getting pretty hot in that gymnasium. Let's see how Fig is doing at the registration desk. Um, excuse me, ma'am, uh, but I was, uh, um, I was wondering if I might see a list of the bands who are playing tonight in your fine musical competition. Don't I know you from somewhere? Uh, no. Something's awfully familiar about you. Why are you holding your finger under your nose? What, this finger? Um, oh, never mind that. Uh, tut tut, uh, I should be getting back to my seat. Oh, say, uh, what bands are playing tonight? Huh? Oh, the bands. Well, let me see. Spira Gyro, Larix, Bricks, Brick Load, and, well, the well-behaved Vampire Eaters, Motor Cola, the Spam Musical Review, and Taekwondo. Are you sure that's all the bands? Yes, that's all the bands who are registered. But what about that wonderful band, The Complacements? The Complacements? Never heard of them. Oh, they're quite good and quite new and very big and everybody's talking about them. In fact, no show is complete without them. Well, I'm sorry, but it doesn't matter if they're the Edgar Winter Group. If I didn't receive a card with their band's name on it, then they aren't registered for the show and therefore cannot compete in the battle of the band. Oh, no. They must have lost our card, just like Adrian said. Man, I guess there's just no accounting for competence these days. Say hey, buddy. Huh? 
Who are you? My name's Bowser. I'm in Taekwondo. Oh, you mean one of the bands that's competing tonight. You got it right there, little guy. Oh, then surely you'll sympathize with my dilemma. You see, I'm in the complacements, and we want to compete in the Battle of the Bands tonight, but somehow they lost our regi- registration card, so they won't let us play. So we can't beat all the other bands and win the prize and get the video on TV. Can you help me win the contest, Mr. Bowser? Of course. Why wouldn't I want to help you? Why not indeed? And just who is Bowser winking at, eh? Hmm, maybe Johnny's having better luck figuring out what's going on. So you mean to tell me, Coily, that you come from the same little farming town in Kansas that I come from? That's right, Paducah. Paducah, Kansas. Dropped out of Paducah High class of a couple years ago. Really? We even went to the same high school? Funny, I don't remember you at all. No wonder you only ever talk to the girls. Me and the other guys all thought you was gay until we found out you were sleeping with our girlfriends. Now wait just one minute. I only ever slept with my own girlfriends. Well, you didn't always check with your girlfriend's boyfriends to make sure you had permission. Like in the case of my dear sweet Petunia. Petunia? Petunia? I never slept with a Petunia. I once had some rutabaga. That's my Petunia, you whore. I, you couldn't remember her name even when you was deflowering her. Well, maybe so, but I can still remember the nickname I had for her, Stamen. You ruined my life. You stole all my dreams away when you stole my rutabaga, I mean Petunia. But now I'll be doing some raining on your parade when Taekwondo wipes the stage with your sorry ass. Oh, mine is sorry. There was some fine rutabaga. Oh, I bet it was, but the taste in Gunner's mouth is a little more bitter. Listen, Ridley, I understand you feeling a little competitive and all, but you're going too far what with all these death threats and such. Oh boy, I'm gonna kill you real good! See, now, just like that. That's what I'm talking about. See where you're, like, threatening to kill me and stuff? Your ass is mine, little man! Your ass is mine, and I'm the lawnmower! Now, if you can't do your tailing with your music on stage, then we've got nothing to talk about. Ooh, I'll do some tailing with my music, Daddy-O, but it ain't just about the music, you see? It's about a whole lot more than that. Then could you articulate to me just exactly what your problem is? Oh, I'll articulate, all right. That's just what I'll do. You see, there's this plane, right? There is? Shoot, have I sleptwalked to the airport again? No, man, it's up here. Up here in your brain, see? But at the time, it was up here in the sky, and it was carrying my parents. They were flying across the continent to come get me from the orphanage where I'd been enslaved as an indentured servant against my will. And they were going to come get me out, see, except their plane, it has itself a little engine trouble and has to make an emergency landing in the jungle, you see. And they never come out to get me out of the orphanage on account of they happen to get eaten by a certain guitar-playing jungle dweller. Now, wait a minute. The only people I ever ate were the victims of a plane crash, not an emergency landing. So it was a real rough landing. Well, anyway, they were already dead when I ate them. They managed to parachute out of the plane. They were thrown through the windshield because their seatbelts malfunctioned. And so the argument continues and gets nowhere. Elsewhere, Fig is trying to get somewhere. Bowser, are you sure this is a good idea? Sure, I'm sure. This metal box is where they keep all the registration cards for all the bands. If you can pry open the lock, then you can sneak your card in and you'll be in the competition. Well, you're right. Just, uh... Just, yeah. Wow, Bowser. You're so right and you're so kind to me all the time. But you wouldn't mind giving me a hand with this lock, would you? Uh, no. Say there, chum. It'll be much more satisfying an experience if you accomplish it all by yourself. I see what you mean. 
Just allow me to sandpaper the old knuckles, get out the old stethoscope, snap into a Slim Jim. Hurry up. Someone might come along at any minute. Okay, okay. And a one and a two and a... All right, got it on the two, Anna. Hey, these aren't registration cards. This is money. Oh, miss, there's something I think you should see. What's that? Bowser, what are you... Stop, thief! He's stealing our admission receipts. <laughs> Sucker. Bowser, why would you want to do this to me? Because back in the big city of California, I used to deliver your newspaper, and you never tipped me at Christmas. I'll... I'll, I'll tip you now. Oh, what's the going percentage? Police, police, grab that man. Too late now, sucker. <sighs> run, Fig, run. Meanwhile, Johnny and Gunner have absolutely no idea that they're not even registered in the competition. Taekwondo don't, on the other hand, are registered, and it's time for them to take the stage now. We, we gotta, gotta go play on stage now. Well, well good, good luck, luck to you, I guess. guess. Hey, Gunner, you'd never guess what happened to me. You'd never guess what happened to me either. But hey, where's Fig? Hey, there he is, running away from those Keystone cops. And he's climbing up the rope. What's that crazy kid up to? And now it's time for our final act tonight. Please welcome Taekwondo! Final act? But we haven't played yet. And look on stage, it's that dirty Taekwondo! Have they been pestering you too? Yeah. And wait, look who's with them! Yeah, it's that kid's older brother. When we met at the hospital ward, who told us about this contest in the first place. This is Corley, Bowser, and Ridley, and I am Evil Otto, and we are Taekwondo. Last night, I experienced orgasm. Double. doing here? I thought you had climbed up that rope. I did, but the police set a fire at the top. I told you. Never mind. I've got real bad news. That we're not performing tonight? Uh, yeah. How did you know? First, why don't you tell us what you know? Well, somehow they lost our registration card and... Shh! The MC is about to speak. <clears throat> Excuse me, folks. I have an announcement to make. We have just realized that there is one more act we forgot to announce. So, if, um, they're still here, 
Then uh, please get a hand for the complaints. The, the complaints? Oh, that complaint card I filled out must have gotten mixed in with the registration cards. Well, never mind how it happened. It happened. So let's rock! Sure to win with that one. Wow, Fred, to think that those locker room smells never change. Mmm, egg water. Mr. Creamsicle, you missed it. We put on the show that's sure to win the Battle of the Bands. We'll get our video on TV for sure. Really? Oh boy, then we're sure to hit the big time. Shh, the MC is about to speak. Well, our judges have had a very hard time deliberating, and all the acts have been really great, but, um, now the first prize and the honor of having their video air during Q-something on Fox TV goes to Taekwondo. Oh, no! It has come to our attention here at Trigger Firearms that liberal media has been trying to fool the American public into believing that firearms are dangerous. 
In reality, more people die from bear attacks each year than are killed by guns. In fact, last year alone, over 3,000 cases of cancer could have been prevented by firearms. The joy of self-defense is being stomped out by these unwarranted attacks. But here at Trigger, we are not about to let this happen. We want to put the fun back into firearms. Our blaster line of weapons is intended to do just that. The vibrant neon colors and futuristic fantasy designs provide an eye-catching weapon that packs a punch. Day glow colors make these guns look like innocent children's toys, giving you that perfect camouflage from pesky law enforcement officers as you brandish your firearm in broad daylight. These guns are some of the most spectacular creations to date from our staff of professional engineers who ensure that you receive a quality, high-powered product. The Brain Blaster is great for that up-close confrontation. Black chrome plating of the body is highlighted by neon grips that provide for quick pumping action of this high-powered 12-gauge shotgun. Special bladed side wings provide for convenient storage of extra shells and give you an added melee slashing action. The Hungry Hippo may be a long-range rifle, but that doesn't mean it lacks an up-close punch. Watch curiosity grow as you flick on the hippo's glowing eyes, which serve as laser sighting system. Cops will be extra surprised when our patented Hungry Hippo bullets slam through their bulletproof vests like a charging animal. Count, uh, cut out the blaster points off the packaging of our new line of firearms and send them in and you will receive our new Phoenix Battle Knife for free. A battle knife for intergalactic travel, wickedly designed to take out extraterrestrials in super strong point. It's perfect for spearing the gnarled hide of space monsters. Spiked butt caps give you that nasty knockout punch on the backswing. So go out now and buy a blaster. Take your kids too. There's nothing as fun as your own gun. In the entertainment room at the Complacence Studio, the Complacence flop down on their personalized divans and click on the boob tube, hoping to find solace in the flickering glow of its anesthetizing screen. Hey, cheer up, everybody! You all look like you just came from your mom's funeral, and when you got up to say the eulogy, you accidentally up into the closed casket, and it turned out your mom was not only naked in there, but she was really your dad, yada yada. Wow, deja vu. I just can't believe we lost those guys. I mean, whatever happened to the best to the best and the, to hell with the rest? I need more hair on my chest. Jeez, count yourself blessed. My chest, ha- my chest hair obsessed. Let's watch Falcon Crest. No, Dynasty. Ooh, Dynasty. I just love that handsome, uh, what's his name? And his handsome face and hair and that woman. She was so devious and rich. I love all soap operas. I also like chocolate and the Everly Brothers. Who hired this upsetting stereotype? I did. She makes me feel okay about liking Dynasty so very, very much. And my mispronunciations. Mmm. Shouldn't you be cleaning the urinals and adding those fruity, minty, orangey cakes? Cake schmakes. Watch your tongue, middle-aged lady. Your job security here is tenuous at best. When I say scrub, you say how hard. When I say cakes, you say how many and in what assorted flavors. Got it? I think I might like Motown, and Late Night at the Apollo is better than you think. Speaking of which, is Martin on tonight? Switch to Fox, Fred. But I like Shining Time Station. Trains and Ringo Starr, what could be better? Uh, perhaps the antics of a wild, young, heterosexual African, African-American in the city? All right, all right. Damn! What in the holy hotcakes? Are those real? Uh, excuse me just a second. This show's the best. Okay, I'm done. What, is it over already? He didn't get laid. It's to be continued, man. Say, guess what's on next? That newly renamed show starring the members of Taekwondo. Don't.
Anyone know what the new name the new the new name's gonna be? I hope it's Taekwon. Don't watch this crappy show starring us, this crappy band. <laughs> I hope it's the clumsy erotic adventures of Miss Senorita. Well, those are all good titles for a Fox sitcom, but I actually submitted mine. Oh yeah, Mr. Smarty Slacks, what was yours? You'll see. Hey, it looks like this it looks like they're announcing with the new title this week, amid pomp and circumstance. Let's take a listen. Ooh, Bouncy Cathcart's hosting. She is so... Hey, I'm Bouncy. Maybe you remember me from that other Fox show. I don't remember, but you sure are Bouncy. Shake it, girlfriend. <laughs> okay, so how many of you like, like, Taekwondo? A lot? Yeah! Well, okay. Here, to announce the new title of that new show we have is the leader of Taekwondo, Evil Otto. Now give me the envelope. Okay, here's the thing, title. It says, Complacency's Best. But the guy who warned us up said, the guy who warmed us up said we were supposed to pretend Taekwondo is best. Yeah. Yeah! What's going on here? What is this? This title makes it sound like... Like... No! I'll get you for this complacence! You can run, but you can't hide. You got nowhere to run to. You better run for your life. You think you're running down a dream? Well, this dream just turned into your worst nightmare. See you in hell, pitiful weaklings. Not if we see you first, baloney nose. Yeah! Well, hop another craft. We got him. Fred, you got him. Genius! Well, maybe. I haven't been too happy since the invention of the IUD. I... But I don't get it. Don't get it? Fig, complacency's best sounds just like complacence is best. Every week, Taekwondo will have to appear on a show that bears the name of their arch-rivals. Poetic justice, no? Uh, but shouldn't it be complacence are best? Yes, but one of the producers at Fox displayed unexpected mental acuity and saw through that title. So I had to call back and submit another title in my Gilbert Gottfried voice. You have a Gilbert Gottfried impression? Why, yes. Would you care to hear it? Yeah! Okay, here goes. Uh, Mr. Greentrickle, Mr. Greentrickle, there's someone on the telephone for you. I think it's Fox. Damn, I told her never to call me at work. Some professional. No, Mr. Greentrickle, Fox TV. Oh, yeah? Well, what do they want? They just want to know if the Complacence will guest star on Complacency's Best next week. Da -da -da. Next week on The Complacence. All right, Mr. Creamsicle, how could you sleep with her? Johnny Angelo! But they told me your brakes worked. That's a confession of guilt. I'll have you know that tampering with someone's brakes is a very serious misdemeanor in this state. Hey, what's up? He did it! It was him! With you out of the way, he was, he was free to negotiate with the Japanese corporation. Is that true, Gunner? Well, yes. You knew very well I wanted us to merge with the British corporation. I think I'm pregnant. All that coming up on the next episode of The Complacence right here on WNUR just 167 hours from now. And portions of WNUR's programming may be inappropriate for younger or more sensitive listeners. However, WNUR believes this material to be artistically and culturally significant. We will play this music only between the hours of midnight and 6 a.m. And thank you for listening to 89.3 WNUR-FM Evanston, Chicago's Sound Experiment. Freeform continues now. And back now in the present. 
Here's what's actually coming up on the next episode. The Complacents go to boot camp, and Adrian Creamsicle loses his head. Until next time, this has been the Complacents Podcast. This is Mr. Announcer speaking.